Okay. I'm recording. And I'm talking. And... I'm also here. Your microphone's great. And I'm... Is it? <clears throat> Should I try that other microphone? No, we need to unmute your microphone. Oh. It, oh. It was the other ones picking it up. That's keep, how loud you are. Awkward. Uh, oh, does this... This every, looks like it's Everybody working. keep talking. Oh. Okay. Yeah. If that had been me over there, I wouldn't have been picked up at all. Are you going to be sitting that far from the mic? See, I don't like it. I know it's now. It's I can because I can okay. turn you oh, up. If okay, yeah, turn me up. I'm I'm quiet and I like to sit back. Yeah, she's soft. Isn't it weird? Because you wouldn't think I'm a quiet person, right? That's not like my personality. Yeah, everyone's like oh, nobody Kelly's can hear so me loud on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's I feel like people true. genuinely are well, like. Now you just peaked it. Thanks for that. <laughs> you are very welcome, sir. <laughs> so we need to be careful here because <laughs> we also well, laugh a lot. Don't so like no, and I have that. a cackly laugh, so don't 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 go too high. Do we fart on this podcast? It is very heavily allowed. <laughs> heavily allowed. We, did you say do we fart? Yeah. <laughs> do we fart in general? We fart. I just I mean, don't. on this podcast. It hasn't happened yet. Not that it's been picked up by the mic. True. I'm sure both of us have farted while recording. Yeah, I'm like basically always farting. I would, so. I'm, I'm farting a good chunk of the time. So this is a good way to start. Okay. <laughs> good chunk of the time. Do you guys record your farts? Just like, <laughs> like you pull it down. You like, turn the volume up, bro. Stand up, it's like a super it. guy podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's, son. That's what it's called, right? Super guy podcast. Super that's guy. kind of an awesome or super girl. No, it's better with guy. Yeah, super, super guy, guy podcast. Well, I just gave welcome you the to the super guy podcast. I tried, I tried to have it's Bridget me, it's your boy muted, but I failed. I know that was rude. Hi, and welcome to the Solidarity Podcast. This is Bridget. And this is Kelly. And we have a special guest for you today. Would you like uh, to introduce yourself? No. Uh-uh. I'll introduce you him. <laughs> okay, yeah. Tell us about our special guest, Kelly. This is Andy. Hi. This is Andy. Andy. <laughs> this is Andy Littleton. Um, he is first and foremost our pastor. And second and foremost, <laughs> that doesn't make sense at a all. podcast A host. podcast host. Mm. Tell yes. us about your podcast. So we've got, got a little podcast called Faith Over Breakfast with my friend Eric, who's another pastor here in town. So shout outs to Eric, the bandana wearing pastor. Kelly's wearing a bandana now, which helps me feel comfortable. And uh, he feels like he's talking to Eric. I feel like I'm talking to Eric. <laughs> Super guy podcast. <laughs> and I am, yeah, I'm the pastor of Mission Church where you two still go for some reason. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. We do for that lots of reasons. Come up later at all we yeah, can talk we, about that. this is actually an intervention and not a podcast we just I needed just, it recorded i'd like oh. to use my power on a platform right now <laughs> to please beg the church to just turn the fans on it is so um, hot in that were you getting some uh underarm sweat she runs not right now i don't think i've gotten the i had head sweat Head sweat. Head sweat on Sunday. Yeah. For sure. They did okay. ask us. The fans were on part of the time. How can we make the church oh, no, more I comfortable? Texted, I texted yeah, them Yeah, we all. got your note. Thanks. Yeah. That was really productive. How do we make this church more like a place where you can invite your non-Christian friends and turn on the fans? That was well, extremely helpful. Well, you want people helpful. to be comfortable. You don't want to – because you no. don't want to invite them to like a hellish type setting. <laughs> True. That's yeah. my thinking. 
What are we talking about here? What's going on? Well, Go a ahead. couple things, mm-hmm. even before we get to the subject at hand. One is that people have been asking me, where's Kelly? I've been in Tucson the entire time. Yeah, but they're like, why aren't you on the podcast? Yeah, um, I've been really busy. I've been training for Spain. And I've been... How's that going? You ready for 500 miles of walking? Have you? Not at all. No. <laughs> no. You're I got bronchitis for six weeks and that really interrupted my training. Yeah. Which was a bummer. Also interrupted my entire life. And um, yeah, I'm going to go walk 10 miles after this. That's pretty close to 500. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Do you want to do the math real fast? <laughs> no. That's okay. a lot of math. I'm, I'm not really a math guy. Yeah. Okay. I uh, no. I've just been busy. I've talked to Bridget. Bridget talked to me. We've talked about it. Um, <laughs> kind of like stepping ish down. Ish. <laughs> away. I just away. recognized, and I think I said this in a previous episode when I was alone, but that you probably could not commit as much time, and we should just admit that and live into it. Yeah. It makes and- sense. I mean. It's the Solidarity podcast. Like, it makes sense that somebody would stop committing and drop out. Mm. Yes, for her lover, the Camino. Yeah. <laughs> Been cheating on you with Spain. And the funniest thing is I'm coming with, so. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm going halfway through, but so I guess for me it doesn't feel as urgent to be training, but it does. I don't yeah. know. You all have a lot of money. Wow. Mm. Just saying. Let's throw that out there. Well, <laughs> let's talk about let's our, break it down. Let's talk about let's our privilege. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have no family. I have no you, debt. You're white. I'm white. American. That, that helps. Mm-hmm. Her dad owns a business. My dad that owns she a business that I also run and operate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I would say the no debt thing is. That is actually really helpful. part of it. Yeah. Because I'm a college dropout. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. I do have debt. Yeah. And I'm also still going. And being very wise about how I'm spending money on this. How? How does that work? Uh, how do you, you can... how do you wisely spend a lot of money when you're in debt? Can <laughs> well, you just, I, could make... I want to change the whole topic of this. I'm fine with that. I, yeah. like, to, I like to go where the wind blows. I know? think we could be really Speaking of farting. Oh my gosh. I did just yeah, that's why <laughs> I said that. <laughs> I think that we could buy like direct flights, you know, and Yeah, pretty cheap. All the spend. like bougie stuff, but I've looked for every cheap option. So probably saved like more than a thousand dollars. By spending money you've saved a thousand dollars. Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, Bridget. Andy's difficult right now today. This I morning. like it though. You do, but I I don't. Oh. When you're difficult, I don't like it. This is just honesty hour. <laughs> yeah. I think Andy and I are actually fairly similar. Hmm. No. I think That's I'm funny because you also, Nick, yeah, though. you also say I'm, I'm similar to Nick, our other pastor. I yeah. compare myself they're to different. lots of pastors. <laughs> <laughs> We're the same. The reason I asked Andy to come on our podcast was not only because he's a podcaster, but because he has been married mm-hmm. twice. Indeed. And I really wanted to, at some point, bring someone in to give some insight into what divorce is like and being single after divorce because Kelly and I have the same exact experience of singleness and so we only offer so much. So we would love to hear about your experience being single Mm -hmm. and then maybe even a little bit more about what led to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I was once single 
and not divorced as well. So just I, single. Like yeah, I, that once happened. I haven't always been divorced, divorced <laughs> nor have I always been married, just in case anybody was wondering. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Let's see. Let's uh, – a couple things. So I was – I was that guy in like Christian circles where I did not the the my first marriage was also my first girlfriend. Um oh. so I didn't, you know, not only was I at a place where I'm like I I had a, like a sexual purity thing. It was like I had I mean this was this was kind of like the first close real, real close relationship I had. So that made it devastating in different ways um when it when it kind of exploded um but i also i mean i can honestly say an interesting other piece of my story is i had i felt pretty good about the fact that i had you know married my first girlfriend i felt like Mm. there was something really um i don't know like god had a cool story for me i I mean i remember Mm -hmm. like reading some of the books about people's Stories, and I just was like the first girlfriend I had. I ended up married, and I thought that was pretty. I don't know. I thought that was pretty good and and great. And um, I mean, I never sat around and worked that out, but I there was just there's a little pride in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that it wasn't just that I got divorced; it was that I lost that whole narrative. And then um, interesting, yeah, yeah. And then because I thought I think I thought that up until. I dated someone and broke up with them. Like, yeah, my friend had said to me in college, Bridget, you're one of those girls that's going to marry the first person you date, aren't you? And I was like, I mean, that'd be great. <laughs> right. How cool would that <laughs> be? Yeah. That, the funny thing was she did that. She ended up oh, doing that yeah. and then I did it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So that's I mean, there's that in the story. Um, I mean, for me, like the the divorce was horrendous. I mean, I think everybody I I would never. I would never get on this podcast or anything else and say, here's what divorce is like, because I've walked with so many people to know that everyone yeah. is different. I mean, there are some where I go, what are you like? This is like you're like the happiest divorcee ever. Like, hmm. this is strange to me. You know, for me, it was it was terrible. Um, it was it was um, I mean, because in a way I felt like I'd given like I had given my whole self to a person and they just disregarded it all is how it felt to me. Um, and so there was, I mean, there was infidelity. There were, um, it, I was a youth director of a church. So uh, 1500 people. And I had to step down from that. Everybody kind of knew why. Um, and just because you were going through a divorce. Um, well, and here's the deal. That church was awesome. Um, They, they there, I should have stepped in. I mean, I thought I was going to get, I was just like, I'm done. Ministry's over. Mm. That's Mm. what I assumed. Like when, when I was going, when I found out about, um, you know, I, I discovered what was going on and there were several, I was just hurt. I was thrown off. I was confused. And then my other thought was, I thought I was called to ministry. I guess not. Like it's over. Um, and I was, I just wasn't. I didn't have the presence of mind to even be somebody's friend at that point. I mean, I couldn't Mm. sit in a chair for an hour. I mean, I was just so like, it's just like there were lies there. Everything that I was just questioning the last few years, like, what was that? What even happened? Mm. And I was just so overwhelmed. I couldn't minister 
to anybody. And yeah. so if the church had like left me in the role, it would have been stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to, I mean, immediately I, I was like communicating and I went and I was just like, what am I going to do? And they're like, well, you're going to take a break and who knows what happens. But for now you're going to take a break. But they hired me. Uh, part of why I own like a furniture company and stuff is that they had a, a house had been donated to the church and they hired me to work on this house with like no direction. <laughs> they kind of just, somebody must have, you know, behind closed doors just said, what can we do? And, you know, let's just let him go work on the house. You know, maybe, hmm. maybe he can get some stuff done over there, but ma- mainly like at least he'll just have a job. Mm. And, Was that um, something you were already doing like or no, had a hobby of? I, I'd done a little work on my own house, but not much. I mean, I was, it, it was, it's, I think some things on the house turned out cool, but it was kind of a hoot. I really didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I had some thoughts, but, um, <laughs> but I learned a lot over there and they just let me, you know, knock walls out and try stuff. And it's pretty great. That's cool. Amazing. It, it really was. Fun. <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, in the perfect therapy, I mean, yeah. and the funny thing was there's was a guy, it was during the recession and there was an architect who lost his job. And then a buddy of mine and I had just gotten married and gone to Indonesia to be a missionary, which turned out to be really hard. And he and his wife were struggling. And so the three of us, this guy, the architect that lost his job and I all, they, they just put us all at the house. And so we just talked about our pain and broke walls and, uh, hung out and jammed music. And hmm. it was amazing. And a few people get like a getaway like that, hmm. like I got. I know. I feel like we need like an investment house for our church. Just to, like, to put this. all the people who like, are like going through pain. Yeah, send. nobody will actually ever right. live there. Pain right. House. Unless that's also like something yeah. like, incorporating the ministry. It's like the so rage rooms they're opening up, except yeah. sort of productive. Um, yeah. <laughs> more therapy involved. More therapy you know. involved. Interesting. And then as time went on and I, I was, I mean, I went to counseling twice a week and just worked with the elders of our church and it became apparent that we weren't going to resolve the problems um, in the marriage. It wasn't, it takes two and it wasn't happening. Um, and then I began to actually enter into a divorce process. Um, and then as that started to get well on its way, uh, the elders of that church came back and said, you know, you could, uh, you could go back and kind of not that you would take over your ministry again, but you could you could go be with those kids. You could re-engage with them, see how that goes. So I kind of just started just go and be a volunteer, and then I hmm. um, and then eventually they said, you know what, you've everything we're asking you to do. You're you're trying. You're you're walking into this. You're um, we think you've tried to repent of your problems, and you're you're walking into this and we trust you and you could, you could come back into this ministry. So it was a long journey. Sure. Yeah. But, um, it seems rare. Like I feel like we don't hear that happen a lot at churches. Yeah. They, they would have, they lost a huge donor. Uh, there was, there was one guy who's a big donor at the church whose daughter just thought, you know, that I was just, you know, unfit. And, uh, and the guy left and, I look back on that and I go, I'm here. I am this 20 something year old guy that yeah, I just lead the youth group. You know, it would have been way easier to keep the donor and get rid of me. Hmm. Um, but they walked with me and lost the donor. Wow. And I'm not, he's not just a donor. He's a person and a, 
and a Christian, but, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I just know this was, it cost him. Like it hit the pocketbook too. It cost him in so many ways. Yeah. Probably somebody that went around and later on, you know, somebody, well, why'd you leave that church? And, you know, like, like yeah. they, they lost a lot by keeping me in, I assume. Yeah. Um, but so it was a very rare journey with the church. But then you find yourself in this boat where you're, so now I don't have that story anymore of like. You lost your narrative. I lost my narrative, right? Um, and so now it's like. I tried marriage and I, you know, whether did I marry the wrong person or did I screw it up or a little bit of all of that. And, mm. um, but whatever it is, I don't have the narrative of, I did a good job. Um, which was probably one of the most helpful things that ever happened in my life was losing that narrative though. It felt terrible. Yeah. And then, and then I'm feeling like I, I have this unique perspective cause I, you know, I can talk to people who, or like, wow, I, you know, I had a, I had an intimate marriage level relationship, but I never married that person. And how do I go back? I kind of know how that feels because yeah. I felt like I can't go back to this state of perceived innocence or whatever that was. Um, but I also, I never, but I, I've, to this day, I've never had sex outside of marriage still. Like I have a weird combo of experiences yeah. um, that, that are interesting, but I also felt like the feeling of being damaged goods. And so what difference does it make? Mm. Just like that kind of thing. Like some, you know, woman would look at me and I'd go, what if I, you know, I don't know. I don't have this. I'm not a pure guy anymore. I'm lonely. You're just having that feeling and going, Oh, I never thought of it that way before. I wonder if a lot of people feel this way and they do. Um, But then also having this sense of like, no, like I don't just because my story went south once doesn't mean I want to do that again and and I think because of a lot of the investment in me by good people you know and accountability and people sharing Christ and hope um I I went I'm not going to like run from marriage again or and I'm not going to just like trash this like I'm going to give it another chance so so in that in-between time, even though you were, like, processing that, did you think that marriage could be far off or not far off if you were trying to be open to it? I had no idea. Yeah. It was a weird thing. And it's interesting because um, I actually knew who Michaela was. She actually dated a friend of mine years back, Yeah, like, before I, you know, really got to know her. So, and um, she, she kind of entered into the picture – earlier than I ever would have thought. How um, just, long had you been divorced when you had like kind of when things got like intentional with her? Yes. Um, so it's interesting because we, the divorce took a long time. There was a lot of, cause uh, we have a, like I have a daughter and yeah. it, it was sticky and, and complicated. Um, and so somewhere in there, Michaela who went to the church had like checked in on me and said, what's going on with you? You know, and just, just like as this peer Mm -hmm. and then for months kind of kept checking in and somewhere in there, I was like, this is nice to have somebody who cares. Right. Mm -hmm. And I went and talked to my counselor and she said, you know what you're going to do about this? I said, no. And she said, nothing. You're not going to do anything. I was like, okay, good. (laughs) Right. You're right. So I, my like first feeling for her wasn't like we weren't, I wasn't divorced yet, which was weird. 
And I didn't expect that at all. I, I thought like, I thought ministry was over and I thought like my narrative in my head for a while was like, I'm a single dad forever. Who's going to want a guy who's been through this. That's just where I was at. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't figure Michaela wanted me at that time either. I just had a thought. And then I would see her at church and talk to her. And I ended up having this conversation with her where I was like, look, like I'm starting to have feelings for you and I'm going through all this stuff and I'm not divorced and I'm, I, I need you to know I'm having those feelings because a, I'm not sure they're right. And B like, if I'm just, if I'm just misreading this, please tell me so I can like move on. And she said, I, I don't know, but I'm, I'd like care about you a lot too. And, and then, so I was like, well then probably we shouldn't talk right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we actually went and sat down with a pastor of the church as we had never, we didn't have each other's phone number. We didn't anything. (laughs) Right. But, but I just said, look, I just told her this thing that I had, that I care about her and I appreciate her checking in with me. And she said, she cares about me. What do we do? And he said, well, until you're divorced, nothing. And then once you're divorced, you might think about like getting to know each other, but until then holding pattern. And that's exactly what we did. We didn't, we actually like didn't have intentional conversation at church. It'd be like, Hey, (laughs) see you later. (laughs) And then uh, Mm. after the divorce was finalized, I didn't have her phone number or anything, so I sent her a card asking her if she'd like to go out to dinner sometime. So yeah, well, you had her address but not her phone number? Interestingly, she lived with someone else at the church, okay. so I was I knew how to, like, get her a card. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we went on our first date, you know, months later, which was, like, a good – like, that was when the divorce had been finalized, but the divorce took well over a year – and the divorce came after this long period of like there was a period of separation, so it felt like it'd been a long time since I'd been married. Sure, but it in a way it didn't, like it hadn't been. And then, um, yeah, we I mean it was like dated for a year, engaged for a year, and then we. So what married. was the first date like? <laughs> it was we had we had a uh, Michaela, so we didn't have the luxury of getting to hang out and like have compatibility like we entered in by her being worried about my daughter and I Mm. um and then so the first date like couldn't help but be colored by like so what's been happening what's going on Hmm. so like our whole relationship and I had a daughter and she was nervous about the whole situation but like reasonably I mean she cared about me she cared about Abby but was like this isn't that wasn't the situation Michaela ever – Michaela grew up like she was always like pretty and ha- seemed to have it all going for her. And friends of hers would say like, you're going to marry some awesome like doctor. And I mean seriously, she would hear this all the time. <laughs> so then to have like the divorced dude at the church who – like seriously, like I'm losing my home because an income had gone away and it was during the recession and like – so, you know, here's so she gets here's a guy who single dad who went through a horrendous very public divorce who just lost his house and like scrapes by to pay his bills. I got excited cuz I found a pair of shoes on the side of the road one time during like our getting to know each other cuz I couldn't 
they were like vans that would be like 30 <laughs> bucks and they fit me. Yeah. And I had prayed. I'd been like, God, I just wish I could like buy a pair of shoes anymore. Like I can't. And I found a pair of shoes and I was just like, Jesus loves me. <laughs> and she's going, cool. <laughs> you know? Please don't touch those. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, uh-oh. <laughs> so, so we, I mean, all the way up to our wedding, it was like a, like, I think for her is like, is this my story now? Mm. But like, she really cared about me and Abby and was super torn. So, uh, we do not have the story of just like, wow, it's all cool. And we went on, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was hard. Yeah. Yeah. It just like, sounds like it was pretty intentional from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, once we did like date, it was when it was like, are we going to date? It was like, real, like, really like, are, is that something you would want to, to do? Like, are you open to this? Yeah. Are you interested in? Yeah, I mean, it was very. We went with, as a dating couple. We each were individually going to counseling once a week, just for ourselves to mm. like keep ourselves grounded while trying to just in just discerning dating, but also just all the changes that this was going to demand of us. For me, like, am I gonna like risk trusting somebody again? And yeah. for her, like, am I gonna? like let go of the whole narrative I assumed for my life, which in which I was going to, you know, do very well and enter into a situation that's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. What were some of the other like negative type interactions you've had? So you kind of talked a little bit about like the donor, mm-hmm. were there other kind of like unkind like responses to the situation? You know, um, I think there were, there were people that just wanted to know juicy info on a crazy story and you sure. could tell, um, That's and that was, we brought you here. I know <laughs> I'm, it's like a flashback. You're just talking about me and Bridget. And yeah. Right I'm trying to make a point here, <laughs> trying to exhibit to all your listeners how I'm to sorry. bring up something, <laughs> you know, three quarters into a really long conversation. <laughs> no. Um, I, I mean more early on, like, yeah. um, there, it, it's one thing to feel like somebody cares and it's another thing to feel like somebody's trying to get info. And it's a very thin line and those were hard. And it was hard because I was also in such a tender, sensitive place. It was hard for me to tell if I was layering that on people and then people don't know how to respond to this stuff. Um, And how would you, if you haven't felt it? And so you have to kind of have compassion on those folks too, but that was complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I am sure I'm quite sure if you went around and if everybody in the church community in Tucson were honest with you, there'd be some folks who would go, I'd never go to that guy's church. Um, yeah. I'm dead positive. Um, you know, and, and it's hard. I mean, even when like when we did our church merger, you know, that we had to have, I had to have some conversations when I first started the church. And fortunately for me, I have a, a strong, like some elders of an old church who walked with me for years mm-hmm. who can say this guy like did everything we asked and I can point you to them and give you their phone number. I'm grateful for that. Um, but it doesn't, it, you know, that conversation still happens, but I don't, I would, if somebody didn't have that conversation with me, like if somebody, you know, like when we were merging, if some people didn't go, so what's the deal with your divorce? I would have no respect for them. Like they, it matters. Yeah. And so it's hard, but it, 
that I respect anybody who would want to know. I I would want to know. I mean, not not juicy info, but like from the perspective of like leadership. And, yeah, yeah, like sure. Are you? Yeah. yeah. How can you go through a divorce and be a pastor at the same time? Like, mm-hmm. or like, how can both those things be part of your story? And yeah, I think a lot of times Christians can think that so many things have to be mutually exclusive of each other. Yeah. When that's just not really how it works. Yeah. And I had to wrestle. I mean, I, I sat in those scriptures during that time of looking at like when, when they were kind of like, you know, I think you could come back into ministry is I was going, okay, I'm a youth director. So this, there isn't a verse about that, (laughs) but there is, you know, there are the verses about an elder, you know, being the husband of one wife and then going, okay, does that mean ever? Or does that mean now? Like faithfully for some period of time. And there's disagreement on that in the, you know, John Piper, who's a pastor I listen to a lot, would he, I wouldn't be a pastor under him. He wouldn't allow it. His elders in his church would. It's an interesting, like they did not adopt his personal position on if you've ever been divorced. Um, But he personally would say you're not qualified. Um, So it's an interesting, you know, to kind of know that stuff and go, like, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's sad. I don't know, because I think, like, that's where we just kind of miss the gospel in a lot of ways. Just, like, you just you just miss the fact that, like, the point of what we're doing is we're all sinners and we're ultimately trying to lead people towards Christ. And, like, I think to be just so particular, like, I don't know. That's pretty crazy yeah. to me. I'm not, I'm not the, always the biggest Piper fan myself. Well, and I, I actually, like, I, I could tell you, though, I'm not, like, mad at him. I mean, I... Because there are a lot of ways. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to call what you just said like an oversimplification, but it can it be like <laughs> it was an oversimplification. Kelly's like, I will. <laughs> well, I mean, because like, so we have, say, we had a child molester, got somebody who's a registered sex offender, come to the church and want to volunteer in the children's ministry. I will never let them do it. Yeah. Um, and so, does that mean the gospel has no power? Um, I would say to that person, I would say. You know, I believe that this can be like as far as your record goes and, and everything, you know, like um, before Christ, can you be justified in Christ and be a part of the church? Absolutely. But because of this thing, you know, to take care of our kids and so on, like we're just not going to ever put you there. Um, and I don't think that means that we've diminished the gospel. So I think when Piper is saying he would never say you can't be in Christ. You can't be like Mm -hmm. any of that. He would just say, he draws that line where he would say, I don't think you can be an elder um, because of this piece of your story. Just like I would say that to the, to the sex offender. Um, I'm like, that's still very different. It it is. I mean, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying like, I don't, I'm not mad at him for drawing that line Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. I think that, I mean, good people who love him disagree with him. And, and I've had to ask the question, like, do I disagree with him because of my story or do I disagree with him? Cause I don't think it's specific, like, you know, it, I think in my, the reason I, that I I'm, feel like I'm doing what I'm doing is cause I know like a, like that God crushed me in this and made me kind of able to be a minister through it and be because like I did feel like a work of God in me to like, like 
to continue like not not to like abandon anything I believed about marriage or hoped for marriage, but to push further into kind of the callings that he had for me, whether that was sexually, whether that was relationally. And so I know in my own heart, like what happened was not because I wasn't perfect, but it wasn't because I didn't care or, or didn't, I was, I was a young guy who got into a marriage that was very broken and things happened outside of my control. But I think if I looked back at my own story and I had left because I was just like, I'm done with you, like you had an affair, or you did this and I'm just annoyed with you, get out of my life. If I had, if it had been that, I would feel uncomfortable in the position I'm in. Um, it's so, it's so nuanced and so, I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. I guess I just, I'm like coming from the perspective too of just thinking like, how different my life and probably a lot of other lives would have been to not right. have you as an influence, hmm. you know? And yeah. I mean, the merger not happy, like just all these things, like, I don't know, like just the fact that God used hmm. you or is using you as he's using you. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's just a shame to think that that possibly wouldn't have happened, you know, right. I guess that's how I feel about it. Yeah. And it's hard for me to imagine not, being a pastor. I mean, I felt like along the way, a lot of clear call, but it was also a very slow journey. Mm. So if I bumped into somebody like who had just gone through a divorce and it's like a year later and they're just like, I'm starting a new church, you know, (laughs) I would go. Why? Chill out. (laughs) You know, like this has been, this has been a long, like my daughter wasn't even one when this happened. She's, you know, like, She's going to be a seventh grader soon. Like we're talking like it's been a while. And a lot of that time was like I went back to I was I was thinking about being a pastor back then. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm a middle school youth director for life. (laughs) And I did that for a while. And then I went to a 10 hour little internship. And I feel like the discernment of like even people looking and saying, should you pastor a church happened because of years of like. God sustaining me, which I would look at. I wouldn't go, wow, this is, I got back on track. I did a good job. It was, it was like the work of Christ has continued in my life and I felt it. And it, and it's, and at some point I think the people who did say, we believe God's called you to be a pastor agreed with that, but it wasn't just because I had a charismatic personality. It wasn't just because I was like a powerful leader or something. It was was like long time. Mm -hmm went by so yeah i think something that's interesting that i feel like i'm sort of hearing in in this story too is like there was never this moment for you where you were like i really need to be married in order to feel better or like even the idea say that um maybe some like really serious churches that have the views like maybe that John Piper mm-hmm. has, they would require that you be single for the rest of your life kind of thing, sure. like almost to have integrity, um, which I think sometimes that those are the tricky parts of like the gospel that for people, it's like, are you willing to give up the things you want? Like say right. this sex offender that you're talking about, like they really want to work with kids, right? Want, really want to work with yep. kids. And maybe that is a pure desire, you know, 
that's a hard, that's a tricky, like, metaphor well, or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, but you, like, the That's just a real one. That one happens. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess, like, just, well, now I'm going to, like, ruin your question really fast. I just, I guess my thinking on that is just, like, if you, if you had that situation, in my mind, I'm, like, that, that, like, sex offender, if they're truly changed, if they're truly, like, walking with Jesus, I feel like they would have the, like integrity or the the like i i feel like that like they would be very accepting of like of course you're not going to let me work in children's ministry right that's how i feel yeah. about that situation and just like you truly have something that's yeah. like transformed yeah they're going to be like i understand that yeah. you're not holding this against me but i understand like i understand the legitimate concerns in yeah. this i don't know if you're J- truly yeah. like trans that's how i, I yeah i would that's what i'd be looking for like if right. I and if I were in a pastoral role and that sex offender came in and said I want to work with the children and I said you know you know because of your journey we can't we can't yeah. do that and they went right you're totally right and they were there the next week and then right. I, I then mean, over years I would go not that I'm going to put them in children's minute but I'd go ah humble I yeah. see it like you see right. like mm-hmm. you're willing to, to or, yeah you whereas know. if you have the reaction where they're like. Give me what I want. Yeah, um, they're angry. Like I immediately, like alarm yeah. bells would be like, "Yeah, see, this is why you're not going to be put in children's ministry because mm-hmm. there's just something that's amiss here." Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, sorry. No, no, good. To your to your question. No, I I agree. It's not really a question. I'm more making an observation sure. about like how tricky it is, even in the face of like what does. I think like a part of the reason we ask you is because you're a pastor and we haven't had a pastor on the podcast. And so this is probably our most like gospel centered. This is like faith over breakfast to meet solidarity, you know? (laughs) So truly, I mean, Mm -hmm. um, but I just think that like sometimes the gospel requires of people to give up the things that they want, you know? And then some people, the way they believe about the gospel, like almost defines what singleness and marriage and divorce is supposed to look right. like. Um, and just seeing in people like your story, you weren't like, I need to get married again, you know? And yeah, I was actually surprised. Like when, yeah, when, yeah, I would, I would say I didn't feel like to be whole, I need to be married. Yeah. In fact, you know, frankly, it would have probably been easier to just kind of like go, okay, like that hurt, no more of that. Like mm. I'll just kind of, I'll kind of cruise along. I can live life my own way. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like the call to, to marriage was a surprise. Like I think, and there was something really cool that God was doing in Michaela and me that demanded a ton of surrender for us both yeah. to enter into that. Um. So, I mean, I yeah. think that's a good way to enter marriage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, frankly, I mean, we we didn't enter in with any – what's the right word? There there were there was no – like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, this could be really hard, <laughs> you yeah. know, like from date number one, yeah. which is just a fact. I mean, yeah. like marriage is a call to die. It's it's like your life for this other person's, right? Yeah. Has this been said? Um, no, I just it's just funny. It's good. That, I mean, keep going. It's yeah. really, I think it's important. No, I mean yeah. it's it's like you're going to be exposed in front of somebody. You're going to be known. You're going to like the call is to lay your life down. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so anybody who enters into that just thinking like 
I'm going to have fun and I'm going to have sex is like, yikes. I mean, yeah, naive. wake up. Um, but, you know, it, there are there's sweet things about about loving somebody. I think Michaela and I got to discover that like with time and like mm-hmm. and here we are, you know, kind of years down the road going, I think I love you more than I did back back when I first noticed you and like you've been here for me and you've supported mm-hmm. me and and for Michaela to go like oh like you like broken Andy have supported me in a lot of the brokenness I didn't know I had and and um you know it's like both of us going oh this is what this is about you know and marriage isn't the only place that happens you guys know I've said that yeah um but that's one of its chief purposes yeah like if you, almost like if you're not going into it thinking that then it's going to be even harder probably oh gosh if you're thinking you're going to fulfill me yeah like you're wrong (laughs) 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 i think like we've talked about that to some extent but i think this colors a little bit more of of what we believe because a life following jesus is is to lay down your life and like to choose that in like really dull moments and then really big important moments and normal relationships and really deep relationships i think you know it's it's character building but i think it also shows you how to love yeah for real yeah and i don't know i think that's like the thing about singleness is people think they're not loved or they can't be a part of a really deep loving relationship when actually like in our friendships or like our relationship with you as our pastor, like those things can happen in their own ways. And so, yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, just, just practically, I mean, on a very, very, very practical level, like back when I was going through all that. So I was, I was a total train wreck. I was just struggling and I had married friends who were awesome who came alongside me and, and helped me out. But you know, some of the people who were the most available were, were people who were single yeah. You know, like just a friend of mine who could just, you know, we could just hang out. They didn't have any responsibility at home or, mm. or something like that. And, um, I mean, that's just, that's just the case with so many folks. And so they, but they weren't being called into a nice, easy thing. They were called into the life of somebody who was like, all I could do was think about my situation. I didn't have much bandwidth to check mm. in with them. Um, mm. I was, um, you know, just freaking, I needed money. Um, I needed just practical advice all the time. Um, you know, and, and their call was, you know, for some of those people who did that and like lived that lived life with me was to like suffer with me. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what there we're saying. Like a lot in it for them in a way. No, like why the Stop learning? Why in the world would anybody want to do that? Like that's nobody. Yeah, it's not energizing. It's not encouraging. Hmm. Um, and so yeah, that's just the call of being in relationship of, mm-hmm. in, at all. And marriage is an intensification. Yeah, of it. But I also I would be, you know, I'm a hundred percent convinced that some people are not supposed to have that intensification so that they can be available. Mm. to others mm-hmm. um and that's a calling for part of a life for some people and that's a whole life calling for some people and i don't i'm not always sure who's who a, so yeah, kelly either. i don't know i don't know <laughs> it's probably not gonna happen are you gonna get married? i have no idea <laughs> bridget 
literally no clue. Beats me. Yeah. That that could be like a whole nother podcast of like yeah. we've done it. We've talked about why are we single. But yeah, that's a great perspective. Sort of to wrap up one question I have for you is what encouragement would you give divorced single people right now? Yeah. Um no, it's I mean, I know people going through this. Um I mean, even just, I mean, some things I've learned from my journey and then I'm, I've observed in other people, a lot of people who go through divorce or are going through one want, want a quick fix and they want to jump into something that's going to heal them, like a new relationship. I just see it. I see it so often. And um, even though my journey doesn't have the longest timeline to a new relationship, um, I'm just so glad, like, we we almost entered into one enter in Michaela and I almost entered in like cautiously and hesitantly. It wasn't just like come and fill my empty soul. Um, so if you're feeling that way, I if you're going through something like that, I would say like pump the brakes real hard and like like because this new person's not gonna be the fix. Number one. Um. Number two, like if you're going through if you're going through a divorce, um, it's, I mean, if if it was kind of like mine where it was very unnerving, like you'll survive. <laughs> mm. Like this this and how crazy it feels and how unnerving it feels is for, is hard now and it will be, but um, but it it goes it wanes and you start to see the world again and mm. you start to realize this person doesn't hold the keys to everything and they um and they're the way they've devastated you won't last forever um um and then and then to i think most people i would say um don't do it <laughs> like <laughs> if i mean it sucks it seriously mm. sucks and like it sucks and it hurts and my daughter is impacted by it yeah. deeply to this day and if i could rewrite her like this is the story that brings her in the world in my life and I don't I don't like regret it. But if I could take it out of her story I would. And if I could take it out of mine I would. And if I could take it out of the friends that had to wade through it with me in their lives I would. Mm-hmm. It was just pain and hurt. And so if there's any way to like buckle down and love and forgive and not do it then take that mm-hmm. path. Do everything you can not to go through it. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people just see it as a nice ticket out and it, and the, the impact, the ripple effects go on and on and on. Yeah. And to believe in the miracles that come with that path right. of staying yeah. in is hard. So right. that is a big ask, but like I think it would be worth it. Yeah. And not to say there aren't miracles. There are miracles for if you go through it and those stories aren't irredeemable. Totally. I, th- I mean, I think God's like the fact that I'm talking about this is like God using my story, yeah. but I would still, yeah, totally. like shoot for the ones that come from sticking it out. Yeah. Shoot for that. And if it doesn't work, trust God. And yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Andy. We really appreciate you sharing obviously such a personal story. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the whole journey itself wasn't very personal necessarily <laughs> it's very public but that's we true. still appreciate you, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah sharing your perspective and, yep. and encouraging any of our listeners so yeah you got yeah. it yeah it's been great 
Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Solidarity. You can email us at solidarity at g- podcast at gmail.com. It's been a while. Solidaritypodcast um, at gmail.com. Beautiful. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, Solidarity Podcast. And if you want to follow Kelly because you miss her, kdal25 at Instagram. You don't need to find me. It's fine. And Even what was the last Bridget thing I Bridget is to say? the Instagram active one here at this table, right? Yeah. So you probably do want to follow her. No, I'm not. I'm not on Instagram for Lent. Oh. Oh. But I'm on it more than Kelly probably. Mm-hmm. In general. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to listen to more of Andy and another pastor's musings about literally every topic under the mm. sun, it's Faith Over Breakfast. Yep. And you can find it on every Everywhere. podcast platform. Everywhere. Yeah. Honestly, I will say this, Andy, just as a final note. When I saw that you were doing a podcast, I was like, I should do one. Because <laughs> I thought, because I listened to a, a You're like, episode. if he can do it, well, anyone you can guys do it. <laughs> you guys had a, a really casual, like, like we're just talking, like, and right. we're not going to edit it. And I was like, okay. And then talk to Kelly and the rest is history. So, hey. you know, you inspired. Glad I could help. Yeah. All right. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> Kelly, you're not going to see that. <laughs>